Gnarly Heaven Rumble Podcast with your hosts, Mick Sinclair and Ben the Harley Guy. All right, we are back. Harley Heaven Rumble Podcast. I'm Mick Sinclair, and as the new intro says, Opposite me is the new guy, Ben the Harley guy. Welcome to the show, mate. Thank you, mate. Great to be back. Uh, they haven't fired me yet, so it's always a good start. What do you think of your new intro? Very impressed. I think we uh, just blew most of the marketing budget on that, though. <laughs> yeah, Ben McIntyre who? Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, we sent him off back to Adelaide last week. Yeah. DHL picked him up. Yep. Uh, well, it's um, like we mentioned in the last show. Hang on, I'm just playing with some audio here. Um Ben's gone, un- unfortunately, you know, it's sad to see the great man go, but replacing him in the hot seat uh, is Ben the Harley guy. How's your um, first couple of weeks been here at Harley Heaven, mate? Good, good. I mean, the team's great. Um, the place is fantastic, uh, in all honesty. Um, I just One of the big surprising parts is how, coming from where I've been mm. to here, is how two companies can go about doing the same end goal of selling a motorbike but just going about it in completely different ways. Really, that's interesting. It's very, very stark contrast. Pretty two big corporations that, you you know, they're one of our our biggest uh, competitors and, and, you know, they do a good job and and whatever, but not only here in Melbourne but also in in, in other states. So that's really interesting to hear that. Everything from the the operating system, you know, the the way things go through the workshop, the way parts are quoted, just completely different. So it's... It's okay, get my head around it. And, awesome. Um, yeah. Heard nothing but good things uh, so far about you, mate, so keep doing what you're Thank doing. You. But um, back in the booth today here at Harley Heaven Melbourne, um, you know, there's a fair bit happening here um, across all our, our, our dealership network. You know, what's what's some of the stuff we've got going on? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, the theme for this year, I guess, has sort of been hurry up and wait, I guess, particularly for these new models. Mm-hmm. They're just taking what seems like forever, but we're getting closer and closer. It says that, but for the first time in ages, and I mean a long time, every one of our stores is fucking packed. Yeah. I mean, whether it's new or pre-owned, we've got bikes finally. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, been making a bit of a effort to increase the stock levels for pre-owned, mm-hmm. and thankfully some new stuff starting to flow in as well. Which like is at, at Dandy, you can hardly swing a cart. There's that many bikes there, and, and yeah. you know, I come up here once a week, and this is the the fullest I've seen it in a long time. And I know Ringwood's exactly the same. Yep, yeah. Even in the the few weeks I've been here, we've probably added another six to twelve. New bikes and pre-owned on So what's coming? I mean, I know we finally... Well, actually, it was a pretty quick turnaround from the when they launched the Nightstar to when... Or, you know, when they launch a model to when the bike shows up. It's generally a long time, but the Nightstar was released, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or it might have been a couple of months. I might have got away from me, but they're almost here and it doesn't seem that long ago that they were released to the world. That's right, yeah. I think these mid-model year releases tend to reach us a little bit quicker mm-hmm. we've already got some on the boat for example so uh but yeah we're only a couple of weeks, couple of weeks away yeah. from our first night store arriving which i'm is great. really interested to i know to see what they're like in the flesh definitely i mean i had a customer here on the weekend and they said they liked the look of the old sort of sportsters but they were the performance of the new sportsters were appealing to them i said well i've got a bike for you if you yeah. can just wait a couple of weeks who does this bike who's it aimed at i mean i was talking to oh, i won't mention his name but he he made a pretty good point that you know they're not they're not learner legal so why would you get one why wouldn't you spend a couple of you know a couple of thousand dollars more and, and get a street bob 
or you know because they're not far off that price point or a soft out standard or something go to a full-size bike Correct. you know if you're coming off an 883 are you going onto that that 975 or are you going to a, a, a you know a full-size cruiser yeah you know, who, who's this who's this aimed at a good question what i've found with the sports duress that i've sold to, to customers so far a lot of them are first-time harley buyers mm-hmm. they are coming um to the brand they're not wanting to go to the either the expense or the size of the bigger soft tails so I think this bike will certainly appeal to that sort of customer again, but you know that like that smaller sports to size, maybe they've outgrown an eight eight three. Yeah. Okay. So you, it could replace an eight eight three, but in terms of price, there's a pretty significant difference between the two. Correct. I mean, I wouldn't expect to see many people come straight off an eight eight three onto one of these, apart if they, you know, unless they really love the bike and just mm-hmm. wanted some much better performance, but. Yeah, look, it is close. I mean, someone, there, there must be, a, I, I love the look of it. I love the way they launched it. Um, there must be people out there who really like it because pretty much everyone we've got coming in is is pretty much sold. I think there might be five left Correct, nationally yeah. for the rest of the year, maybe. Very limited stock coming into the country for 2022. So mm. if you want one, uh, best put your name on one. Like, as soon as you hear this and yeah. if you want one, man, put your money down. <laughs> it's it's a, Always sounds like a sales pitch, but unfortunately, it's the reality. It's, that's the reality. Like there is a found, massive so. sense of urgency mm-hmm. with this bike if you want one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. That's cool. And you look around um, all of our showrooms. I know you put it up on social media, and then um, and we have two on on the main Harley account. And I was at Danny on yesterday, and I did a, a TikTok on one. But all the CVOs are starting to land. They are. It's nice to see some of these finally arrive. Where the how fucking nice is that orange road glide? It, it smacks you. In, I think I said on social media, it smacks you in the face like a bag of oranges. Man, that is like I'm not a fan of orange, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of orange motorcycles, cars, whatever. Um, but that thing is fucking cool. It is. It is. I, I put it up near the door, so on the weekend, everyone that came through just was floored by it. You know, yeah. Whether it's our techs, who are pretty hard guys to impress, yeah. <laughs> other staff members and just general public and customers. So, so I've only seen the road glide. Um, I've seen one here now. I've seen one a Dandy. Where are the others? Us? No, I've seen an Ultra. Yep. A Dandy as well. Okay. Um, Rogue Glide Limited, yep. The Ro- Sorry? What is it called? Rogue Glide Limited. Not an no, Ultra no, anymore. No that's right. Year. I uh, knew it. got the shark nose fairing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Dandy had one of those too. When are the others coming? There are a few more on order that we've got. They are sold. Uh, but I did sell a green Street Glide last week. Is that MBS, with the flames through it? green flame. Yeah, that's very so. cool. Um, we kind of timed that right because Harley said they're sort of in the process of building them at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we should see them arrive a little bit sooner than, you know, some of these that have taken three or four months to arrive. Can you still get one? I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. When when uh, the 22 models were, were released online and I saw that orange CVO, it did zero thing. It did nothing yep. for me, like yep. zero. I've seen it in the flesh and I'm like, I would have that bike any day of the week now yep if if there are others like me and the perceptions change or the feelings change towards that bike once you've seen them can you get them now look i think you're you're running out of time i think it's still possible mm-hmm. uh, i'm not 100 percent sure on how it works i believe they build them in batches so they might be right. a couple of times a year they'll build these particular bikes yeah so if you miss the first run you get the second run if you miss the second run 
you're out of luck. Yeah. So I know we were talking before. We we actually don't know how many of each CVO Australia gets. No, I have asked this before. It's a very tricky one. But I mean, I can only go off my experience in terms of what I actually sell mm. um, and what I see sort of post up on social media. And to be honest, I, I don't think you'd see more than ten-ish of each particular. Oh, I thought it would have been more than. I thought it would have been more that, than that. That's, that's ten of each colour. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, I thought it, it would have been more. that high for some of them because some of the colours aren't popular. So. I think we've got six dealerships. Some of the other big groups have got six. You know, you think most would get one. Yeah, look, I could be wrong. It could be 15. It could be 20. I'm I know we sure put the call out there to Harley before we, we come on here to find that out, but we don't know. But it'd be interesting. Someone will be like, you guys don't know anything. So We even tried to call Sorry. We even tried to call Benny Mac back, but he's fucking blocked our numbers, I think, already. We sent him a telegram yeah. <laughs> to Adelaide. So yeah, that's right. No, he didn't, he didn't want to borrow us. But anyway... Come in and check them out, even if you're not on the market for one, if you're sitting around, nothing to do. Um, come in and have a look at these things because they are um, beautiful-looking motorcycles. Yes, this one will be here till early next week. Really? Yeah. Um, do yourself a favour and come and check it out because it's really cool. Uh, you also said before uh, the Lowrider ST is due soon. Now, that surprises me because that's contrast um, of what I've heard earlier in today. Um, I know, you know, we're not getting any for the floor and any S- Lowrider ST that comes in, they're, they're, they've been ordered and probably paid for. Um, but the ones that are on order are due pretty soon, you're saying? They are, yeah. Look, our first ones are due into the country around mid-month. Mm-hmm. So it'll take us about a couple of weeks before it arrives in store. They are pre-sold. Uh, of course, it's probably been the hottest bike, most anticipated bike this how year. How many have you got? We got pre-sold here. Uh, over a half a dozen. Really? And how many are we getting this first time around? Two. Uh, it looks like uh, one, which is a grey one, which is for our very own Abe the Harley guy. Oh yeah, sales guy. Um, and then we've got a couple of black ones coming in. One's for a very important customer. Yep. Yep. So. Um, yeah, I've had a fair bit to do with that one. It's looking going to look um, amazing by the time we finish with that bike here. Yep. Um, that's cool. So that's going to be another new uh, highly anticipated bike that's due on the uh, shop floor. I mean, it sucks we can't ride these ones because they're sold, but I'm hanging to take this bike for a ride. Yeah, it, it's one of the hottest bikes I've seen in the four and a half years in terms of looks, performance, what it offers, mm-hmm. and the amount of uh, interest it's created. I've still got customers coming in every week saying, have you got any of those, uh, you know, low-rider yeah. STs on the floor? So, yeah. That's good. How's the other day? So we're doing a bit of a HR push at the moment. Um, you know, it's no secret anywhere that businesses, no matter what industry you're in, are short-staffed, and, and we're, we're in the same boat. We're no different. And we went out and did a bit of a HR drive the other day trying to uh, raise some awareness of what roles we've got and, and in particular we're trying to get some apprentices for the workshops and, and really build that that new generation of, of um, Harley mechanic and, and salespeople and, and whatever. So we put this campaign together. Within the space of a week, we've had 157 applications. Wow. Um, which really surprised us but we're still going hard we're getting through um each and every one of them some most um are are really good and and genuine and there's opportunity there some were rubbish um and and we're just taking the piss or weren't from australia or or whatever um but we're still going hard with that so you know if you're interested to you know start a career in motorcycles you might be already in the industry and 
want to jump ship over to HH or you might be doing something completely different um, but have an interest in Harley and, and want to kickstart that career um, where you want to have that chat with you. So go to our website, click on the homepage banner. It'll take you to a form, um, fill that out. Um, that'll come back to, to me and our general manager and then we'll pass that on to the right person and, and um, try and get you in for a chat. But we are actively looking for people to come work for us. Yeah, I think the motorcycle industry as a whole is uh, you know really struggling for staff in some spots at the moment. So even I reshared it on uh, Ben the Harley Guy page, uh, which is at Ben the Harley Guy on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. and wake up the next day and I think three uh, previous customers of mine had said that they'd applied for various roles. So yeah, that's good. Which was really good to see. Yeah, mm. uh, and lastly, before we get into our topic for today, um, ladies' nights are back. So we haven't done these for a few years. We used to do them heaps. But uh, they kind of ran its course and then COVID kicked in, whatever. So we've got a ladies' night coming up at Ringwood on the 27th of May. Um, these are going to be really cool. We've got some you know, fun things planned. We've got a guest speaker. We've got Biker Biddy showing up. Um, she's going to have a chat. Um, we've also got our, our content guy, Tom Field. So he's going to set up a studio in store where the ladies can ride their bike and we'll do a bit of a photo shoot in store with, with the ladies and, and then we'll get the photos printed out and they can come back and pick them up. So we're doing like that. We're going to have live music. We're going to have some dinner and drinks and wine, beer, whatever they want to have. Um, you know, some merch specials. It's going to be a, a really cool night. So that's coming up on the 27th. Um, we have got one coming up in Sydney too. We haven't got the date locked away yet, but um, it's good to have them back fired up. Yeah, really good, really good. There's plenty of female riders out there, and the idea for that is to for these female riders to bring a non-riding friend in and yeah. and introduce them to the brand yep. and show them what the ladies of Hog is all about and and how they can have a good time with the brand as well. Definitely, I've sold plenty of bikes to female customers over the years, and it's always yep. a pleasure. So, yeah, very good. Um, wherever you're listening to this show, make sure you hit subscribe, um, and if you do like the show, uh, leave us a review if you can. Um, it helps the show go a long way. If not, uh, if you don't like the show, just don't don't do anything. Don't leave us a shit one because that really hurts us. So, <laughs> um, yeah, leave us a nice review, subscribe to it, and this will help put the show in front of more eyeballs. All right, so. I've got the great man across the the desk from me, and today we are going to talk about Ride 1K in a Day. Now, if you follow Ben the Harley guy, uh, you will know that this guy loves to get on his bike and and go for a ride, and and when I say ride, I mean a a really long one. Um, We've also had, uh, he used to be called Street Glide Mike on Instagram. He had done it. I think he's called Road Glide something now. I think it's Rogue Light Australia. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so I had a chat with Big Mike the other day actually on the phone and he's planning something. He's planning a lap around the country on his new CVO. Um, but he's done it. So you may have heard uh, a little bit about Ride K, Ride 1K in a day. So I don't know much about it. I mean, I've, I've heard of it. I've heard of people doing it. I don't really get it. I don't really understand why. Um, so first off, uh, Ben, what is Ride 1K in a day? Yeah, Ride 1K in a Day is a website or social media page that I stumbled across a couple of years ago now, run by a, a cool dude called Ramble over in the USA. Um, you can find it on all your, your regular things at, at Ride 1K in a Day. Uh, and as the name suggests, it's, it's Ride 1,000 miles in a day. So it's miles, 1,600 kilometres, yep, not a, a big, thousand. big difference. It is, it is. <laughs> um, so, and I mean, sort of if you look at the website, it's, it's just 
a concept. I mean, the concept of these long rides have been around forever, um, but this particular page was to just share that and also to get people to sort of challenge themselves, extend their ability as a rider, um, build more confidence and just, just get out and ride more, you know, use that bike. So why, yeah, why, why would you do it though? I mean, it's uh, it, it's a question. I mean, going for a ride is, is fun and don't get me wrong, I've done some decent rides um, all along the east coast of Australia but not they haven't smashed it out in a day. Yeah, I guess it's just, uh, you know, the guys I mean, when yeah. when you saw it on the page mm. and you come across that page, what made you think, fuck, I would love to do that? Look, to me, it seemed like something was just like crazy, you know what I mean? Like, because as Ben pointed out on the last podcast, he used to sort of poke a bit of fun at me and that I'd sort of only go out on a sunny day for an hour at a time type of thing. So, uh, well, but that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, but it just, I guess it was just a real challenge, you know? So I started thinking, Jesus, this would be good to do but also realized it was a massive effort yeah but did you realize what you're getting yourself in for well i I sort of built it up a little bit i went for you know a couple of different rides beforehand so i'd ride for a couple of hundred k's and then i did a 500k ride and just did you feel ripped off when you did that do you feel like you should have just kept going (laughs) the first time no no i was just sort of getting getting used to it and, and spending a bit of time in the seat and sort of seeing if everything was was good you know comfortable and because the last thing you want to do is get into something that you're sort of not suited to and be halfway through and be like, fuck, I hate this. So 1,600 Ks uh, in a 24-hour space. Correct. The first one you did, you went from Melbourne to Adelaide and back or just to Melbourne? That's right. So no, I, the first one, I picked an easy one, I guess. So I knew that Melbourne to Adelaide and back would be roughly 600, uh, 1,600 Ks. Yeah. So I mean, there's Google Maps. You can check that shit. Correct. Exactly. Correct. correct. So, um, you know, I was pretty confident in it. Um, so I did that one in December 2020. Okay. Now I probably overthought it a little bit. I looked for the summer solstice to see the most amount of daylight. Um, so that's why I did it close to Christmas time because I figured makes I'd, sense to me. You know, the last thing you want to be doing. I don't is think doing that's overthinking it at all. Days in the in the dark. So I thought, all right, if I do it when technically there's the most daylight of the year, it should Smart. be should be reasonably. What were you right? What did you so what did you ride that in that first? So one? I did that on my 2019 Street Glide mm-hmm. special. So I just did uh, just over 1,600 Ks. was about 1,620 in about just over 20 hours, about 20 hours, 15 But you minutes. mucked it up. I did, I did. So I got over to Adelaide and on the way back, I think I stopped in Horsham or something on my way home and I sort of was doing some calculations and realising I was going to be about 100 Ks short. So as I headed into Melbourne, I had to detour and go down to Geelong um, <laughs> at, at about 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no way. And uh, my eyeballs were hanging out of my head and, and sort of... Once I'd realised I'd done enough Ks that I could turn around and come back, yeah, I did that. So clocked over the 1,600 Ks and a bit over 20 hours. It was 5.30 a.m. roughly to about 1.45 so what time did you leave? 5.30 a.m. 5.30 a.m. And what time did you get back, sir? Home just before 2 a.m. Wow. So. So you, I mean, and what way did you go? So you would have left from Melbourne to yeah. Horsham and then back yeah, across? Yeah, I didn't complicate I just went. The most direct route to Adelaide. Adelaide. I think I, when I got it's to Adelaide. It's not the most exciting ride. No, it's not. It's not. But, um. You know, the good part about these rides is you can see, you know, some amazing sunrises, um, amazing sunsets. You know, you do see some so travel you, through a lot of small towns. You rode back on the same way you came? I did. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, look, I, I didn't complicate it. I did yeah. it pretty easy just to sort of – because I didn't know if I was going to be able to complete it. Why? Well, I thought, shit, I might be halfway over and – Then what, th- throw your bike on a ute? <laughs> yes. Or pull the pin and have a sleeve That's and right. go back might, the next might, day? You know, book in a hotel in Adelaide or something, you know. Yeah. I thought, oh, no, I might not – might not get through this, so I didn't want to 
go too how, far. How were you feeling when you when you got to Adelaide and, and then you got, fuck, I'm halfway? Yeah, look, at the first time it was pretty, oh, shit, I've still got another 900 Ks to go, you know. it's It weighs on you a little bit, but it was just a just push through it, you know, just got to get it done. So it was either stay here or get on the bike and keep riding. Yeah. And uh, I was pretty determined to, you know, I was posting it on social media along the way, so mm-hmm. people were commenting and sort of that was helping me. Yeah, that would keep you going yeah. for sure. Yep. So that was the first one, and obviously you thought it was all right. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if I'd want to go around for round two, but you, uh, you did. So this one to me on paper Sounds like an absolute mission. Now, we've got Melbourne to Mildura, Mildura to Renmark, Renmark, Adelaide, and then Adelaide, Melbourne. That's right. Yep. That's a mission, man. So, I mean, that sounds like a probably a bit more of a, a funner ride than going directly over to Adelaide. Yeah. Um, but huge, huge effort. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think at this stage, this was in January 2021, so there was still some sort of... What did you do, December 20? Yeah. 20, so December 20 and then January 21, so you backed them up pretty quick. Yeah, 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 I thought... Because uh, the thing is, with the website, you submit your ride, um, you get certificate, patches, stickers, etc. So I figured, well, I got my 2020 patch, wanted to get my 21 patch and certificate and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was in summertime because I thought I didn't want to wait another eight or nine months until, you know, didn't particularly want to do it through autumn, winter, etc. So... The opportunity was there, uh, Australia Day, long weekend. I yep. took our ultra demo. And I can't believe they let you do that. Well, I didn't tell them exactly what I was going to do with it, so I said, <laughs> can I borrow it for the weekend? <laughs> I might put some Ks on it. Wow. And, uh, 1,770 Ks later, I'd, uh, well, it was about 2,000 all up by the time I returned it. But, yeah, so that trip was a little bit longer at uh, 1,770 Ks. Took a bit longer as well, uh, 22 hours. I did stop a lot more for photos and things yeah. like that. So that one really dragged on. That was about 5.30 a.m. till 3.30 a.m. Renmark's a beautiful town. It is, it is. So I didn't get any snaps there because that particular weekend, the temperature for about pretty much, I think it was eight or nine hours, was over 40 degrees. And for three or four hours in the afternoon, it was close to 45. So then my phone wow. actually switched off. Because it got so hot, it really was in the top box. It wasn't even you know in my pocket or anything. So yeah, I, I lost my phone. For you didn't a few think hours. I wouldn't have? Th- you know, probably I would have. If I was going to do it now, I probably would think about that. But you didn't give that a thought of how hot some of those. You know what Mildura is like. Yeah. It, you know, in winter it's still forty degrees, That's let right. alone That's the middle right. of summer. Yeah. Look, I hadn't really ridden in that sort of thing either. So I just tried to you know stop and keep drinking and keep trucking along and yeah. You know that that bike didn't miss a beach. You know that was. The real driving factor for that one was to prove how good that mm-hmm. these touring bikes are. Yeah. And, you know, that bike ran perfect all day in that heat. Yeah, well, I rode one to the Gold Coast. Didn't do it in one day, but we did it in, in, a, in a day and a half. You could have because we, we, we could have. Melbourne to Gold Coast about just on 1,600 Ks. So. Yeah, well, we did it in, in a day and a half. Yep. Um, just because we were cruising up there, but it's such an easy bike to ride. It is. It is. Actually, kind of, you, you get lazy on it. Yeah, yeah. Some people say it's cheating, but uh, it's know, definitely not cheating. It's just I mean, having the right tool for the job. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, why wouldn't you want it? I mean, it's just made it really easy, so comfy. Yeah. The thing that blows my mind is on this ride one Canada Day page, they post up. You know, it's heavily American, and some of the bikes these guys do it on choppers and just Can you imagine all sorts of things. It's just crazy. It's yeah. Just, it blows my mind. So it's I guess one k in a day over there. A lot of those roads would be if you're going east west. Yep, they're pretty straight. Yeah, and I notice the average speeds are a fair bit higher than what you can 
achieve here as well. Yeah, so. but would you want to be doing, you know, uh, 100 mile an hour on a chopper? <laughs> Probably not, no, no. <laughs> you know, it, Some do. They'd, they'd be doing them quicker, but yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd, speed would come into no, factor there. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was a good one. It did take a little longer than I expected. So, so what did you tell us? When, when did you leave? When did you get back? Like how long did that take? Yeah, so that ride took about 22 hours all up. So once again, leaving around the same sort of time at 5.30 a.m., Back at three thirty AM, so uh, big day, big day. How long did? What about? Um, we spoke about the heat, but what about the mental? And in, we, I guess, with heat comes the physical challenge. That's right. Um, you know, you said you had to stop and drink and stay hydrated, um, but that, especially in those temperatures, would have been quite challenging. What about the, the mental side of it? Um, again, you know, you're probably riding for a, a bunch of hours and going, "Fuck, I'm only." Quarter of the way Yeah, yeah it is. I'm only Look, halfway Or yeah. I don't really feel like Doing this anymore But I've <laughs> got to get back home anyway I might as well go now Like That's tell right. us about Some of the challenges You faced Yeah I mean It, it sounds a bit silly But I used to um, Compete in powerlifting At a pretty high level Oh so you can't that, tell That obviously Yeah <laughs> That obviously took a, a fair bit of uh, You know Mental and physical um, Drive and, and you know Focus and things like that. So I guess when I've sort I don't of see the similarities between lifting something well, really heavy and it, riding far. Well, it, it, <laughs> riding for sixteen hundred k's. The mental mindset, you know, in terms of, you know, when I was competing, I'd squat three sixty, three hundred and seventy kilos. Um, so you know, it's a lot of weight if something went wrong. So yeah, you had to sort of develop a sort of certain mindset there, and it's it transfers some things into this sort of riding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's like okay. This is what I'm going to do. So all I could think about for the week leading up to it is this ride, this ride, this ride, this ride, you know. And then when you're on it, it's just I've committed to it and I'm going to push through. My, my butt hurts. I'm falling asleep. I'm tired. I'm yawning. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I've got to poop, whatever, you know. So mm. it's just – but it's like, no, nope, I've got to get it done. I've got to keep going, you know. And then you just watch those Ks and you do 400. Then there's 800 and you're like, okay, I'm halfway there. Tick over a thousand, and then you sort of go, "Shit, I've still got six hundred to go." But it just, you know, especially when night fell, I found that was when sort of it was like, "All right, let's this is the the time to to get to it." You know, like, well, let's yeah, like around it'd probably be a massive difference when you're trying to tick off those K's and you're right in the day. You can look around, you can see some scenery, it, you can is, yeah. you can watch that. What what do you what do you do when um when it gets dark and you've still got six hundred K's to go and and you've done you've already done a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's it's tricky. I mean, on this particular ride, as I said, I finished at uh, three thirty, so I travelled about six hours in the dark. It was uh, it was difficult at times. There was, you know, the tourists, the cars all disappear, and then it's just you and the semis basically. So, mm. any close calls? No, not really. I mean, you you sort of your eyes are like just I can't. Obviously, people can't see what I just did, but yeah, they're, yeah. they're all it's like a deer in a headlight. Yeah, exactly, and you just. You know, luckily the Ultra had the triple headlights, so really good lighting. But you know, sometimes I try and s- stick behind a truck or something or a car. But concentration levels at that oh. time of night, uh, after those amount of yeah. Ks and that far into it, must be so intense. It is. It is. You know, you you really just it's it's a real trade off. It's like either you commit to it, <laughs> keep doing a hundred or one ten or something, yeah, or you you back off or, or something. But and for you, what was the sense of achievement after you've done it? We spoke about two. We'll talk about the next one in a minute. But there must you, you obviously do it for a reason, and it gives you a feeling um, that you probably can't explain unless you've done it. Um, but 
so it might be hard for you to explain that, but what is that sense of achievement or what's that feeling for you once you're done in your home? Is it just, I'm fucked, I'm going to bed? Or is it like, well, that was, do you wake up and go, I can't believe I did that? Like, talk us through that. Yeah, pretty much all of the above. I mean, uh, the next day or two, pretty hammered. Uh, particularly through the the hips and lower back and and things like that, so I'd always sort of schedule my regular Cairo a couple of days after to to get back into shape. But uh, it's it's more for me as a sales guy. It was sort of proving the product, putting my money where my mouth is, and saying you know these touring bikes are some of the best on the market. Here's an example of it. I just did. It's probably what makes you so good at your job, mate, man. Because they're probably I don't know. Oh, I know of two guys who have done it. Yep. You you and Big Mike. Yeah. Um, but I don't know any other. There's a few other guys staff in at Harley dealerships. At, at, maybe not staff. I don't think. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's no. what I'm talking about. And it's probably what set you. I'm not going to say above the rest, but above you know, set you. Yeah, I, I understand. What, what, what am I trying, trying to, say? to say? Put you on a pedestal. You know, you're the guy. You, you see that no one else is doing that, and that's probably why you've created the brand you have for yourself from doing really cool shit like this. Yeah. And that is putting you know the, the money where your mouth is. Correct. I mean, you can do two things. You can you can just post photos of bikes all day in the showroom, and and sort of pretend that you're, you know, really proactive, or you can get out, ride, experience it, take the photos in the a thousand kilometres away. You know, that's that's what I really wanted to do. It gave me a real sort of sense of being a, a genuine Harley guy. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it. I wouldn't say it's easy for you. You, you haven't got kids in that, do you? No, I don't. Yeah. Know. So a lot of other. People who work in bike shops probably got kids and That's families right. and commitments right. and that. So, I mean, not everyone can go and do no, it. No, uh, but the ones who can certainly also probably aren't. Look, I'm not saying that if you don't do one of these rides, you're not a good Harley sales guy. For sure, I know what. Yeah, so I don't want people it. to think I'm a, a wanker like that or anything. Uh, but, uh, no, of course too, not. Too late for that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, it's it, it's just an amazing experience. So. So the last one uh, was recently, yeah? When did you do this one? Yeah, I did this one uh, about six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, and that was Melbourne to Cooper Pedy. It was, yep. Yeah, so I was following that one a little more closely. I got wind of you heading over our direction. That's right. I was kind of paying more attention of of what (laughs) what you got up to. Um, So I saw the photos with the bike and the silos, and and that looked like a, a pretty cool ride, and I actually thought maybe I'd like to do that. Yeah, well, there's a few silo art trails that are throughout uh, Victoria and SA and other states as well. So mm-hmm. it's probably a pretty good trip on its own. But yeah, that was a, a real good run. So where, how do you get to Cooper PD from here? Where you well, got to go through? What For me, it was a uh, five-day trip every year around my birthday. I try and get out for a week or so and go on a road trip. I did it last year. Uh, this year I went, well, last year I went to Broken Hill across the central New South Wales to Canberra and, and sort of back down. In that trip, I did eleven hundred k's in one day. So, once you've once you've done a couple of these rides, you know anything under a thousand k's actually seems a little short. As silly as it sounds, you know, yeah. it's oh, like I ride. It's a big fight. It's five hundred k's short. That's a pretty big chunk of road. Yeah. So, you know, to, to to do these sort of rides, and then if you have to go ride to Sydney or Adelaide or something, you're like, yeah, I can do that easy. So it's it builds that sort of confidence, I guess. But yep. um, I went up from Melbourne to Mildura day one. That's uh, day, a, what's an eight hour? Uh, it's about 600 k's. Okay. Yeah, six, six, seven hours. Uh, day two, I went from Mildura to Broken Hill and then out into SA down to Port Augusta, which was an interesting place. And then... <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, it's just, I mean, it's never been there before. It's a bit of a crazy town. Interestingly, but, um, when you talk about Port Augusta, Harley have in Adelaide uh, taking a truck from their shop and they're going to Port Augusta, Wyala, 
Okay. Port Peary, and they're going to do a workshop run, and we've got a heap of customers up there, so we're going to pick up a heap of bikes along the way and bring them back, work on them, and two yeah, weeks awesome. later we drop them all off. That, that's that's really. I cool. do it every year. Yeah, right. Mm. That's cool. Um, and then Port Augusta, I went to Cooper Pedy, which was oh, I can't remember now, about five hours or something like that. Uh, had a rest day in Cooper Pedy, did a tour of the town and, and things like that, which is a, I mean, Cooper Pedy's a place that's just I don't know, I don't even know how you describe it. It's yeah, just why. Middle of nowhere, you know, dirt mounds everywhere. Mm. The the underground houses. There a pub? And, uh, there's a uh, there's a couple of bottle shops. <laughs> okay. but, uh, they actually, I guess, they had an issue with uh, liquor consumption up there, so you have to scan your ID, <laughs> and then they're linked. So you can't you can only buy one bottle of alcohol a day up there, and you can't if you're going to bottle shop one. And I am Ben Winstone. Here's my ID. If you go to bottle shop two, they'll be like, "Sorry, you've had your." You've had your quota today. I, I didn't test. I was going to say, how many so. bottles do you want to go through before you jump them back on the <laughs> well, horse? I said it was a rest day, so no, no. <laughs> Jeepers! But, um, no, no. It was a it, look. It was a. Let's take one that one k in a day and let's do it pierced <laughs> and see how we go. <laughs> I definitely do not condone. You, you uh, do not condone that. Lost riding, absolutely but. not. So, but uh, <laughs> look, I mean, I guess a lot of it was just uh, people passing through on their way further north because it's the main sort of way to get up to. To Northern Territory mm-hmm. So Anyway um, Day 4 was rest day And then day 5 Was when I decided to crack From Cooper Pedy Back to Melbourne Okay Got it Alright I didn't so, Didn't realise that Yep So that was uh, So on the way home which Where do you go then? Yep So I've kind of Travelled back The way I came To Port Augusta mm-hmm. um, And then sort of Headed down towards Adelaide, Adelaide and, then and then across Headed um, East Through sort of the Not quite as high as when I came in through Broken Hill, but a little bit lower, um, once again out through Renmark to Mildura, cool, and then down down into Melbourne that's, again. That's so. very cool, mate. That's um, so it's good. It's good very mix of it's very impressive. I mean, you you mentioned before that you had people messaging you um, along the way, following your trip, and and that's what you know helped get get keep you going and get you across the line. Yep. You well, put uh you put out on social media yesterday or a couple of days ago. Well, on that trip, I did the thousand miles in sixteen and a half hours, so I was on a mission. This wow! Time around. Yeah, I really wanted to set a good time. I mm. the seventeen to eighteen hours. So leaving I mean, Cooper it's not Peter. like a race. So what? What? Well, what inspired you? It's not like you get on that website and brag about how quick you did it. Well, kind of. I mean, the Americans do it really fast, thirteen to fifteen hours sometimes. So I didn't. I knew I couldn't quite go that fast. Based That's on when it starts speed. getting dangerous. If we're going to so, jump on there and do it, but now do it and compare times and see who can yeah. do it the quickest. So I thought. Look, I thought I, I, can, I can get in there under eighteen hours. I reckon if I minimise my rest stops and combine fuel and food and not stop for as many photos, you know. So. I busted through the 1,000 miles about central Victoria in uh, just near Kyneton sort of area uh, at about 10 o'clock at night, 10.30 at night. So I'd left at 5am and I thought, you know what, I've got still got an hour and a bit to get home, which is probably another 100 or so k's, so why don't I go for 2,000 k's in a day? So I decided to keep going and uh, went through. Once again, I had to go down to Geelong, except this time I had to go past Geelong out to Colac. Um, until I'd clocked up enough case. Far out, man. Turned around, came back, and uh, when I filled up for the final stop, it was uh, 2,008 kilometres in about 21 hours, so 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. So, I mean, when you're registering your your distance and your times on the website, um, is that, like, up there in terms of, you know, you you would have registered you did 2,000 k's? Yep, yep. What uh, What are people doing if they, you know... Well, I mean, the website basically... 
counts your your one thousand miles, and then it also makes note of sort of how many extra you do on top of that. But there's, yeah. you know, they, they have all different sorts of awards and and you know things for various things. This trip won't you know register on any of that. It's but I thought you know there's probably not too many guys in in Oz that have done you know two thousand k's. I wouldn't think anywhere. Certainly not uh, in in sales. So. I, thought, I couldn't you know, imagine many people globally doing 2,000 Ks no, no, in a day. I mean, if you compare it to one of the previous trips when I did sixteen or 1,700 Ks in the same amount of time, so I squeezed in an extra three. I think if you're looking at a percentage Ks. of motorcycle riders <laughs> compared to who's done 2,000 Ks in a day, I'm pretty sure you're up there. Man. Probably, probably. It's probably fairly safe. And I thought, you know what, there's not too many times I'm going to be feeling pretty fresh after 1,600 Ks, um, as silly as it sounds, to keep going for another 400. Yeah. So, oh, good on you, mate. So just also mentioned that... Uh, this third ride will be up on the Ride 1K in a Day um, Facebook page, Instagram page, etc. in the next day or two to tr- coincide with this podcast. So thank Very you, cool. Ramble, for that. What, um, you got plans for a fourth one or are you hanging your hat on three? Uh, look, I'd like to do it again. Obviously, I won't do it through winter. Um, I really like to do it when there's the most amount of daylight. Sure. Just because... Makes know, sense. Just, you know, yeah. Let's eliminate some of the Fortunately, yeah, we don't have the, the comfort of, you know, travelling in major highways and well lit and stuff mm. to do that sort of mileage so probably by the end of the year maybe if um what's a lap of tassie uh, that's a good question but the yeah. problem is to do that you're gonna ha- you're gonna run into daylight and to do that in tasmania uh, sorry run out of daylight mm. and to do that in tasmania would be, be a bit windy and pretty hectic oh the the wildlife would be yeah crazy. okay so unless they're gonna fit a bull bar to the front of the street light <laughs> um I'll, I'll have to give that one a miss you know on the site i just thought of this then do they Acknowledge people who tried it and didn't quite get there or had a drama or... No, no, you've just got to... All or nothing. (laughs) I wonder what the percentage is of blokes blokes who try it or not blokes, people who try it and don't make it. Uh, That's a good point. I'm not sure. It'd be interesting uh, to know. Yeah, look, it's a a tricky one. I mean, I've been pretty fortunate and the bike's been the third one I did on my streak light again, so no demos, but... um, <laughs> yeah, look, the bike's been pretty pretty bulletproof, so it's a testament to the the Absolutely. HD tours, I think. So, so you put it went out on social media. Uh, no, we spoke about. A f- oh, so we're going to wait till summer for your fourth one. I think so. Yeah, I mean Melbourne to Gold Coast, as we mentioned, is about sixteen hundred. So is it? Yeah, I don't mind these sort of s- single stretch ones um, because otherwise you're going to sort of try and work out a bit of a loop and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll look at a few things. If you went up. The Hume and, and then the other freeways, you'd um, easily do Melbourne, Gold Coast in under 16 hours. Oh, it's tricky because when I left Cooper PD, I had the luxury of two hours in the desert at 5am and um, absolutely no one around. So I could sit on 100 mile per hour and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, get away with it and build up some good, good uh, time, you know. But uh, major highways, it's a bit riskier. For sure. So... Not that I condone. No, of course not. Over you sat on 105 the whole way. Oh, bro. Um, <laughs> so we've got some questions. You went out on your social media um, the last couple of days and you got a bunch of questions. So before we wrap it up, we'll just go through these questions. So M. Stacy's, she said, or he said, uh, to he, my bad, sorry, man. Um, do you listen to music or podcasts on big rides or do you just have the sound of the engine? Yeah, not podcasts. I find them a little bit... I don't run any sort of Bluetooth headset in. That's probably one area where my lack of 
I admit that I've got a lack of knowledge into the technology that's available. So I don't use a headset or anything in the helmet. I've just got the plain old thing on the uh, street glide. I'll, I'll listen to music, um, but after a while, sometimes it just sort of blurs into the noise. And I've got the the SNS four seven five and and two into one on the street glide, so it blasts my right ear drum. So by yeah. the end of a trip, I my ears are ringing. I can't hear much. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I mean, you work in Harley stores and you've got pretty experienced parts and accessories people that might be able to help you out with a Bluetooth <laughs> headset for your helmet. Yeah, man. I, don't I think know. I need to go and make friends with one of these guys yeah. and um, have, have a chat to them because everyone that uses them says they're a really good thing. So, But it also could be distracting when you're in the zone and you're smashing out, like you said, those, you know, you're yeah. ticking off 100K, 200K, you don't probably yeah. want too yeah, much at distraction. The night, at, at, in the night riding, I pretty much turned it off. I'm just that focused on eyes wide open and just looking at that 50 or 100 metres up the road that I I don't even listen to it. It's just, yeah. Did you have any close calls? Uh, on the way leaving Cooper Pedy when I was going through the desert at 100 mile per hour, um, there was a couple of kangaroos, so I sort of backed it off to sort of 80 or 90 k's, and then I thought, what are you doing, Ben? You hit one at 80, you hit one at 100 and... <laughs> you probably stand more of a chance. 100 and whatever. Yeah. Um, you're still going to be... Pretty uh, hammered, so I just cranked it back and kept going. Uh, Try and sit in the middle of the lane. If Dino, I so you, are you planning on a group ride anytime soon? No, I am being a pussy and do not. <laughs> I'm being, I am being a pussy to do it on my own. Uh, look, I mean, it's. Not Would you do it with someone else? <sighs> and, and if not, why? Look, I, I enjoy the solitude of it, being out of my own, doing my own thing. Um, you know, I've had a, a close friend or something that I was, you know, knew how they rode um, probably. But what are you going to do? You're going to start turning it into a, a tour and then someone's got to stop for something. Someone else has to stop. Yeah, Unless you just keep going. But yep. then if you keep going and then you're half an hour up the road, the guy might never catch you. So you kind of lost the whole group thing. But uh, look at <laughs> Yeah, if one, of you need, no. if one of you need to go for a leak and the other one doesn't, you both yeah, stop mean, and then 100 cut the road, he needs to. Synchronise your leaks and food and fuel and stuff. Yeah, so it can it get. It would make it hard. Look, certainly, I've got a, a bunch of friends I go riding with, um, three or four of us, that we don't do this sort of trip, but we still do some some big Ks. But that's different. In, in this sort of thing, you've kind of just got to either have someone that's go, yep, I'm committed, we stop at the same time. But really, it's hard to, to do. Sorry, Dino, you're on your own, mate. Yeah, I apologise, mate. It's not a. Contiki tour here. Uh, Ash, Ashy, my wife worries it's unsafe for fatigue reasons. Um, how do you manage fatigue so I can talk her around? Well, I don't have a wife. Uh, no, but he's saying how, <laughs> know, the I'm question is how do you manage fatigue? Coffee, and, coffee, 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 yeah. Red Bull, um, more Red Bull, coffee. Yeah. Pretty much every time I'd stop for fuel. So that'd be another reason why you'd get back and feel like shit. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. You load up on that um, much caffeine. Every time I'd stop for fuel, I'd basically either have coffee or Red Bull. Um, so, yeah, it's probably a little bit risky. But Got any Red Bull guys out there? We might be able to do uh, ride 1K in a day in a Red Bull helmet next <laughs> time for Ben the Harley guy. <laughs> we'll wrap the bike. I'll, uh, I'll take um, I'll take <laughs> the emails and uh, look after his... Uh, He's Send it through to Mix Sinclair at harleyheaven.com. Yeah, got it. I got it. <laughs> Sorry, I should say energy drinks. We're not sponsored by any uh, particular brand. Yeah, Red Bull are all good. Um, hang on. Yeah, look, it's, it's tricky. Um, so, a lot of people so ask Ash, me that question. Load up on caffeine, man. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you stay awake? I, I couldn't do it in a car. In a car, I'd fall asleep. But on the bike, 
I mean, I've still nearly fallen asleep a couple of times, but like last time, I think it was late Arvo heading into Oyen, roughly. The sun was on my back. I was starting to get a bit hot and tired, you know, and it's about five o'clock and I just stopped at the servo to fill up and I was like wrecked and I just poured a bottle of water over my head down the shirt and then took my vest off and just... You would have had to have been really strategic and, and quite smart about what you ate like you wouldn't be able to go and load up on have a big feed of carbs and then take off and you know have that that crash when you you know when the yeah it's sort of sort of eat light i guess same as when i was competing you know i'd have breakfast in the morning but then the competition would go for six or eight hours and you've got to try and sustain you know your energy and performance so i'd sort of stop and have a little bit here and there and and maybe a i hate to say it you know mcdonald's or something just because it was quick easy next to a fuel stop you know, so try to be strategic with it. Mm. Um, here we go from Nick King. Do a Queensland 1K in a day well. It's my buddy Nick. Um, yeah, I mean, we we'll, could do it. into. He's got a 79 series, so he goes all over the country, but I don't have that luxury of uh, going off-road. Could do it on Pan America maybe, but... That'd be a good bike to do it on. It, it probably would be. I think so. Well, we do have a Pan America demo. I think it would add a bit... I'm not going to say it's going to be easier, but I think it'd be the probably the most easiest or the most enjoyable or bike to do that on. Probably would be the easiest to be, you know, that you would probably be able to ride that bike further for longer than what you would a, a touring bike. Uh, possibly, possibly. Harley Australia, if you're listening, if you'd like to uh, step up and uh, maybe support us, I'll, I'll put the Pan America on the map because. Yeah, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, I haven't done it, but I've rode both bikes for a decent distance. Yeah. And I feel that would be a, a better bike to do it on. I'm not saying that the tourists are bad because they're not. They're bloody brilliant, but it'd be interesting for you to do it and get your thoughts on that. Yeah, look, the tourer to me just feels like putting on old glove. I've got different bars on it, different seat, highway pegs, so it just fits. But the Pan America is a great bike too. Another one from Ash. Um, how do I overcome the fear of kangaroos or other wildlife? Um, it's the only thing stopping me from doing a 1K. You don't really. I mean, it's just a risk I mean, of the If you're scared job. of it, just... Look, I'm terrified of it, you know, and I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I'm blasting through these things and I think, fuck, if I... Sorry, I swore again. Sorry, somebody said they didn't like the swearing on the podcast. Oh, so really? I, I apologise for that. Quite a cop who said that. Uh, I was on a post during the week. Oh, okay, so well, sorry, we'll cut that out. So I apologise. Um, look, it's 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 part of it. I mean, what I try and do is ride in the middle of the road, so essentially where the the white lines are. Obviously, when it's safe to do so, that way it's giving me the the benefit of being as far away from the edges of the road as possible. Really good lining. That's something that came from the last trip that I need to upgrade. Put a couple of LED spotties or something either side just so i can light up that side of the road a lot better um but i've, I've been lucky uh, but yeah it's a, it's a tricky one mm-hmm. uh, that's all all the questions we've got if, if you've listened to the show and, and you're thinking of doing it or you you have other questions uh you'd like to ask feel free to send it through to ben the harley guy you can shoot it through to one of the harley heaven accounts and we'll get it to the great man um, we might wrap this one up here, mate. Um, thanks again for joining us. Really interesting stories. Um, it's I don't know if it's in, inspired me to go out and do it. Um, it's inspired me to encourage you to do it on a Pan America, though. <laughs> it has, it has. You know, look, the other thing also is that it's just about also demonstrating to customers 
which is another reason why I did it was like, hey, you've got these bikes, go and use them, you know, because I was one of these guys for a yep. long time where mm-hmm. I barely ride them. And we see them all the time when we buy a five-year-old bike that's done 2,000 Ks, you know, and um, look, I am guilty of that with my own fat boy that's uh, five years old and only done 3,000 Ks, but I've got the Street Glide that's got over 33,000 on it now in two years, so um, two and a half years. But it's just trying to encourage guys to ride more, have What fun. are some tips if there's people out there um, inspired by you doing it yeah, they're thinking about doing it, they're unsure. Um, what are some tips you got for them? Yeah, look, I've had a few customers come in and ask me about it, which is nice. Um, you know, there are other guys you can also speak to, but I'm more than happy to. But um, it's more about do a little bit of research. You know, like it's easy when you go along these major freeways and highways in that you you know that there's going to be enough fuel stops. I was a little unsure going out to to Cuba Pedy, but. When you can sort of search in Google an area and you can just sort of do search for fuel or something in this area and it will show you the, the various places. So it's more about that, um, ensuring that the bike's in a good condition, obviously. Um, tyres are good, tyre pressures are good. It's maybe been serviced, you know, reasonably recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm lucky that I've used real late model machinery so I don't expect many things to go wrong, but take basic toolkit take spare fuel depending on which way so you carry going. fuel yeah i've got a four liter jerry can that fits into one of the saddlebags i didn't have to use it this time around i came close but um yeah it's more about that i, I re um signed up to harley assist so you do need a couple of days notice just to <laughs> people think about doing that don't sign up at the last minute because yep. they may not cover you but mm-hmm. um yeah it's just checking that the bike's in good order and that you're in good order as well you know like i think the first time i tried to do it i got up in the morning and i felt and I went back to sleep because I had four or five days off. So I said, no, I'll go to bed early tomorrow night or tonight and try again tomorrow. And that's what I did. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. The first time I was just like, no, didn't get enough sleep. No chance. Mm. And um, so it's you've got to be smart about it. And you've just got to, you know, it's not like you're doing it for a million dollars or something. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you go out and you have a crack and you're 600 Ks in and you go, oh, shit, I feel really wrecked, you know, just stop. It's not worth pushing beyond your physical capabilities and and risk hurting yourself or anything like that. So it's not a – there's no – yes, I do it for the little certificate that I can put on my desk and say to customers, hey, look, I've done this and this and this. But, you know, once you do it a few times, you you start to to learn what you need to do and, you know – yeah, it's it's good fun. Good one. So um, we'll wrap this one up there, mate. Thanks again. we are going to try and do this every fortnight. It's been a fortnight since we did the first one. So uh, we'll try and uh, keep a routine. Um, we really need to lean on you guys, though, for for ideas and topics. So Ben will throw it out there on his Instagram as well of, uh, of, of different topics that you guys would like us to talk about. We want to make sure it's um, still interesting for you. Otherwise, we'll just come up with stuff as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Cheers, mate. Thank you, mate. Welcome to the Harley Heaven Rumble Podcast with your hosts, Mix and Claire and Ben the Harley Guy.